And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy, and I am a concierge medicine physician in Wesley Chapel, Florida. And today we have the honor of being with our uh, Persian goddess of water, Dr. Anahita Azarian who is here to share with us about uh, breast surgery for uh, cosmetic surgery for the breast. And today we also have our co-host today, Tracy. Hi, thank you for allowing me to be part of this today. Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, Dr. Azarian, how are you doing? Great, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming in again. Your first podcast is the most famous podcast in the history of Ask Dr. Tommy Show. So, oh wow! So if you're not, That's if you haven't seen it, it's the Cosmetic Surgery for Women podcast, and we invite you to go. And lots of people have already seen it. Great around the uh, country, apparently. So, uh, tell us about plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery for breast, and you have there with us. You have it looks like three different options or two different I, options. I three. I have three different breasts here in my lap. So, yeah, plastic surgery. Um, Breast augmentation is the second most common plastic surgery procedure most people have done. Obviously, a lot of people do it to enlarge their breasts, but a lot of women after breastfeeding, um, pregnancy, weight loss, they lose a lot of volume, aging, and they like to replenish some of that volume and kind of get a fuller cup size. So we have all different types of people that come interested in the procedure. What are the um, different varieties you have? I know there's saline, there's silicone. There is saline, silicone, and here I'll give it to you this way since you're in front of the camera. There's Uh saline, which comes empty. Okay. And we actually filled it up with the great Florida water and it evaporated and we see all the calcifications that are in there. What kind of water do you use if you... Um, It's saline. It's the injectable saline. Same thing that would go into the IV um, when you go to the ER and you're dehydrated. Same thing goes in there. But it comes with this tubing. And we roll it up like a little cigar and make a tiny incision and put it under the muscle where it needs to go and inflate it with um, the saline, depending so on what volume they use. Yeah. So when you're in the OR, you, you put the thing in there and then you size it first. And then once you figure out how right. much volume, because you can, you can adjust. That's the difference between, I guess, saline and uh, silicone is that you can adjust on the fly, so to speak. Exactly. It's better for patients. I mean, it's more economical, cost-friendly. Mm-hmm for obvious reasons, um, but also in some patients that have um, a little bit of asymmetry, it's a better option Okay. as long as they have enough tissue to cover it um, because it will look it will look pretty natural. And then um, we can play with the volume of it and make get them a little bit more symmetrical than what they really are. But we basically, just like that, we put the little tubing in, roll mm-hmm. it up like a little cigar, put it in, and when you inflate it, it like a um, air mattress, it opens up in there and it fills up. Oh, okay, cool. and then there's this little. Does this ever come undone? Does anybody ever complain about no, this? No, we make sure that it, that little doodad is stuck in the little hole mm-hmm. um, before. So no complaints without popping out. No, no complaints without popping out. But just like anything that's man-made, mm-hmm. um, they have a potential to rupture. And when it does rupture, because there's saline in it, mm-hmm. your body absorbs it, and one morning you wake up and you're, you're deflated. Right. So you kind of need to call your plastic surgeon back up and go get it fixed or get the other one out or put a new one back in. Hmm. Most of the implants these days are insured. I feel that. So um, for the silicones, they're usually it comes part of it. The saline, I think you have to purchase a insurance policy for it, which insures it up to 10 years. And, That's uh, for which one? For saline. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can get insurance up to 10 years. And if it is ruptured or something like that, they will cover the cost of new implants and some of your surgical fees. What are those others okay. you got there? The other one is sal- uh, silicone. Um, a lot of people are familiar with that. It's around um, gel implants. Uh, they feel more natural. It feels heavy. It is heavy, but for some reason, once it's in, it doesn't really feel like heavy. It feels like it's part of you. Um, 
they're pre-filled so incisions are a little bit bigger it's a little you have a little bit less wiggle room for if you're completely asymmetrical but it feels more natural it feels nicer a lot of people know them as the gummies um, but basically they're filled with silicone um, so this comes in different sizes what you're saying right? all of them Already? come in different diameter so sizes um, I think it says it on the back of it what it is. So those are basically displays okay, that we have. Okay, 415 cc. Right, they're this pretty heavy though, doesn't it? It's amazing that you. Yeah. Don't, it feel I mean, they're pretty big wrong. implants for somebody that's doing it for augmentation. They're pretty big. Okay. What, what is the? Um, so you say the incision's bigger. How much bigger is the incision if it's? Depends on the size of the implant they choose. So okay. the bigger the implant they choose, you have to be able to get it in. Now, for us, we use this special device that helps us get it in a smaller incision. Uh -huh. It's called the funnel. Um, not all practices use that, so it's a little bit nicer added mm -hmm. thing we have for our patients. It goes up underneath. What right? about? I like to do it, there are different places you can put it. I like to do it underneath because it allows the best place for it to hide, especially if you're not um, having a lift with it. Um, a lot less people walk around with their arms up in the air to show the under part of their breast, so it hides nicer. Can okay. you still have um, a subareolar incision with a, a silicone breast implant like this size? You can. It is more difficult. I personally don't like that incision um, because there's some issues. Some people say that the scar, even though you try to hide it, it's still visible. So in my opinion, if you have nice shaped breasts, that's still more visible when you are nude compared to what's underneath. Mm -hmm. um, Has someone requested that before to have the incision done there? there? There are requests. So when you come for the consultation, we always go over all the different incisions and I kind of give them my rationale. If somebody's insisting on it, then it's fine. But for the most part, the underneath, it heals better. Sometimes there's a question of since a lot of people have bacteria in their um, mammary ducts, since you're going through it, are you potentially causing a contamination? So there are all these theories. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's perfectly valid incision to put. Okay. And so, then, then we have one more. So this last one is... Still a silicone. It's a shaped implant. It's been approved in Europe for a while, but it's been two, maybe three years that it's been approved in the U.S. And if you put them side by side on the table, you'll see that this one holds its shape um, the other way. Yeah, no. Which one? Kind of like on the, yeah, exactly. If you hold it like that and then put the other one kind of on its side, you see that one kind of smushes so down yes. you see that and then this one kind of holds its shape so it gives you a little bit more of a even though it's supposed to be more of a slope a natural slope per se rather than this rounded look mm -hmm. um, it does actually give you more upper pole fullness which a lot of women that are smaller chested they've breastfed they complain about mm -hmm. so it is the most expensive implant um, there is but it does have some of its benefits of course you have to be the right candidate for it not everybody is a candidate and uh, this is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the types of breast implants that are available and then uh, uh, how much they cost. We'll be right back. Hi there, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S dot M-D. 
And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy. And uh, today we have Dr. Anahita Azarian in the office with us, and she is a plastic surgeon. And we're talking about breast augmentation. And uh, so breast augmentation, what is the general price guidelines for breast augmentation? So it all depends on if you need a lift or you don't need a lift. If Mm -hmm. it's just a straightforward breast augmentation, it depends on which implant you choose. Um, Obviously, saline is the cheapest. It's the least... um, the quality one, I guess, if you want to say that, on the market, mm-hmm. that they, they run about forty five hundred okay. to five thousand, give or take. Okay. Um, in this area, the round silicone gels um, run about six. Some practices a little bit more mm-hmm. um, than others, and the shaped ones, those are the most expensive. They're the newest on the market, so they actually cost a lot more. They're about 75-ish, 7-7-75. The shaped one, I noticed it's got like a texture to it. It's almost like it's... They are textured. Those are the only kind they make them. The round ones, we have the option between texture and round, but uh-huh. usually for cosmetic, we all use round. It just settles nicer. With the texture, it moves um, around a lot less. So some of the things that most people are used to because a friend or a relative has had an augmentation with the massaging and this mm-hmm. and that you don't want to do that with any of those because if it flips mm-hmm. all of a sudden the fuller side ends up on the top and oh, you yeah. look oh. kind of lopsided now this is silicone that's silicone as well okay. that's a grade three silicone that's a grade four silicone okay. so it's more cohesive so that one if you cut it in half it is a true gummy bear if you cut it in half it doesn't go anywhere and a lot of patients are concerned about the whole silicone thing especially mm-hmm. if they're a little bit older they remember the days that silicone was taken off everything got tested by FDA it got approved and even that when you squeeze it out it doesn't leak anywhere so 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 for the people who are concerned about silicone give them a little bit of that history about what was the concern about it and then so they were concerned that if there's any autoimmune issues lupus this that whatnot so they took silicones off the market and then in some cases they allowed it only for reconstruction and I believe it was in 92 um, or 2002, I can't remember, but um, it was brought back to the market again. Mm-hmm. I think it was 2002. I think it was. Um, it was brought back to the market Maybe. for general use again after they did all the testing and they did not find any correlation. So for people out there who them. are concerned, silicone is safe. Silicone is safe. I mean, of course, medicine is the practice of medicine. If you know, in 10 years, if they're going to come up with something else, we don't know. But right. as of right now, it is safe. It is used for cosmetic as well as reconstruction. It is actually the only thing we use for reconstruction because saline looks horrible. Uh, um, for reconstruction? For reconstruction, yeah. And I personally like these because a lot of the women, it just looks really natural. So the silicone, um, I worked with a physician years ago, and he would see patients that um, he would diagnose with silicone-related disease, SRD. Ah. And that was, you know, around the same time. So they were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia. So that really... They did not find any correlation, and that's why FDA approved it to come back. Now, the only difference between that silicone and what was taken off the market is that this one is a little bit more cohesive Mm -hmm. so we've actually tried we poke a hole in it and Mm -hmm. you squeeze it and it just comes out and it goes back in it's kind of like those silly thingies that the kids play with it Mm -hmm. doesn't go anywhere Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. So the only thing that um, we'd recommend is that when the gel fractures in these, and even the salines, the shell is silicone. So when the when it fractures, that one it just deflates. This one you may not know you have a fracture, and the only way it gets picked up is with an MRI. So some people may with have which a, one with the silicones. Oh okay. When the shell um, fractures, so there's really no way of like it's not going to leak out. You're not going to lose a breast like the other one. You're not going to deflate, not lose okay. it really. 
What is the uh, recovery like? We talked about it before, but what is the recovery like if someone has breast surgery, breast augmentation surgery? Breast augmentation, usually for me, every plastic surgeon has their own preferences, but usually most patients go back to work within a week. Of course, that's going to depend on what their um, occupation is. If somebody is doing heavy lifting and things like that, they have more restrictions compared to somebody that's a student or stay-at-home mom or, you know, um, desk job. But usually within a week, you're fine to go back. But especially with the shaped ones, we like to restrict them for about six to eight weeks as far as aggressive pushing, pulling, or exercising, just so it doesn't rotate. After that, they're free to do whatever they want. Um. So as far as silicone breast implants, if a, if a person is going to get breast implant surgery, I, mean, I think we discussed this before, you know, there's obviously people are different, but there's a, everyone's going to form a, a level of contracture at some level. Right. If you, what is your advice to people? Like if they say, look, I'm 30 years old or whatever, what is the likelihood that I'm going to have to have these replaced? You say it's pretty good, right? Um, Usually the idea is that if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it. Mm-hmm. However, the younger you are when you get an augmentation, mm-hmm you are going to go through pregnancy, breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. aging. So those are things that you're not going to be able to change. And if your weight gain, weight loss, and if your body changes with these, chances are you're going to need some sort of a revisionary work done to lift it or fill it or do something to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as the fracture, the company stands behind it for 7 to 10 years. After that, there are patients that we've seen for like 20 years. They have the same ones. It looks great. doesn't bother them. You just leave it alone. And is there any more increased uh, rate of contracture with silicone versus saline, or does that have nothing to do with it? No, but some of the studies, they found that the shaped, textured one had Mm -hmm. a lower capsular contraction rate than the round gel one, based on the studies that they have had. Uh, Now, this one right here, I see that there is some dimpling. Can you see that? From different you know on the outside of the body no because we put it under the muscle and it actually is kind of like when you put your hand on it and mm-hmm. push it down these are actually the new inspira implants mm-hmm. that allergan has um, they are a little bit more overfilled compared to the traditional ones and all of these implants come in different heights so there is a um, low profile moderate plus high profile depending on what they want to achieve usually most of us put moderate moderate plus for the augmentation so it doesn't look too extreme but some of the women that do want to have that more extreme look we do put high profile but these are more filled so it's a little bit less dip um the other one have a little bit more dip but you can't see it okay and this is the ask dr tommy show when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about how to learn about breast augmentation surgery surgery center of oklahoma is at the forefront of a healthcare cost revolution Healthcare really doesn't cost that much, but what people are being charged for it is another matter altogether. To find surgery pricing and to learn more about our specialists, visit surgerycenterok.com. And thank you for joining us again. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and we are semi-live here with Dr. Anahita Zarian and Tracy Hoyle, and uh, we're talking about breast augmentation surgery. Tracy, you had a question? Um, yes. With this right here, we've already we just discussed about the, um, the dimpling, but you said sometimes you can see a, a ripple effect. Right. So basically, usually, if somebody is very, very thin and they choose to have silicone implants, that's usually when that happens. 
um, if that was full with water with the saline or we just put water for demonstration purposes when you put them side by side like when I had you put it you mm -hmm. can see all those little dips in it mm -hmm. with saline you lose some of that fluid with time it's very very small amount but it's enough that you start getting these little indentations in it and when somebody's very thin mm -hmm. they don't have too much tissue covering it so all of those little imperfections which we call it rippling you can mm -hmm. start seeing it so when we have a very thin patient coming in um, and if they're concerned about costs and or they're very adamant about going saline, we just always let them know that you could see that as soon as few weeks into it, mm -hmm. or you could just see it, you know, months or years down the line. Okay. Um, so that's one of the things. Also, if somebody goes too big and their skin's really stretched out, sometimes you can see imperfections. But for most purposes, it should you should be able to select an implant that fits the person and kind of explain all of those things to them, and it should be fine. So when, when people are getting breast augmentation, they come to you, they usually probably say, I want a C cup or a D cup or whatever. They How do usually you guys? do. Everybody wants a C cup. C cup seems to be like this magic, perfect thing, mm -hmm. which nobody knows what a C cup is. Because so the way we like to do it is that um, we have a bunch of implants in the office and we ask them to bring it not padded, non push up bra and a tight t-shirt or a tank top and we have them put these in there to give them a general idea it's still not the same as when it's in the body under mm -hmm. the muscle because it pushes down this is the best way and it's, I, so i always tell them i'm like okay forget about the letter and just look in the mirror and see mm -hmm. what you like because mm -hmm. if you go from bra company to bra company victoria's secret people walk into the office that are d cup and you just look at them you're like you are not a d cup mm -hmm. you're barely an a cup so but they do that for their ego they do so victoria's secret likes to <laughs> up cup them but not not that there's anything wrong with that it's just that bra company to bra company you'll find that one person one company you're a b cup the next one you're a c cup the next one you may be a c whatever plus cup because there's some c pluses out there so you can't go based on the thing you just have to go based on what fits you uh, if people are interested in learning more about plastic surgery, uh, especially cosmetic surgery, where, where do you refer them to go? Do you have information on your so, website? So yeah, we have a lot of information on the website. They can always go to magnoliapsc.com um, to read more about things. We have a gallery that they can go um, see any pictures about breasts, tummy tucks, whatever the case is or they can just call the office and set up a free consultation. Um, we also have virtual consultations. That if they, they're more internet people, they can fill out a form, send it, and Melissa will call them back and schedule an appointment or answer any questions they may have. Is the American, what is the, uh, the Society for Plastic Surgeons? American Society of Plastic Surgeons? American Society of Plastic Surgeons. Okay, and then as far as uh, if people are also concerned about um, the cost of it and they can't there's there's different ways that they can finance there is always financing options um there's always you know personal ways of financing it like through a credit card that you have zero percent apr but a lot of people these days mm -hmm. they are either have had this in their mind they've saved up or they go through the financing options that are available is there anything that you would ever tell someone or what are some of the red flags when you see someone you say look this surgery is not for you uh breast surgery that is augmentation surgery. um if they have unrealistic expectations, if it's somebody that doesn't want to have any scars on them, or if somebody that is not willing to accept that they need a lift along with it, um, if especially anybody that is older or within the age of like past 30, we always ask them to get a mammogram to have as a baseline. Obviously, if there's any pathology found or if someone comes in and says, oh, by the way, I feel this lump, mm -hmm. we always make sure they're cleared. Um, the other big thing for me is smoking. Um, you have got to stop the nicotine use. Otherwise, everything will fall apart. You're doing this to look good. You don't want to add complications and issues to it. 
So um, you brought up mammograms. After implants are put in, mm-hmm. mammograms can be done normally? Uh, yes. Or it, do you have to, do, have to do anything special? No, mammograms are done normally. Um, most of us these days put implants behind the muscle unless it's specific circumstances um, or the patient specifically requests it. But um, usually when you go, there's no issue, especially now there's 3D mammograms, which are not even painful. So we highly encourage people to keep up with their mammograms. But um, they just have you sign a waiver to say that if in case they rupture your implants, which honestly, the force is not that much, especially with the new mammograms, Mm -hmm. that they're not liable. Okay. After someone's had breast augmentation surgery with either saline or silicone of the either variety is there any restrictions on their activity can they go back to sports weightlifting or whatever within eight weeks they can mm-hmm. go back to it so before there's, that there's no. never any restriction after that post-operative no. period no well uh, thank you for coming in dr azarian and if people are interested in learning more about it they can come in and have a complimentary consul- consultation with you right they can go on the website or they can call us 813-563-2220 and to book their free consultation very good. And uh, for all of you out there listening, if you want to go to magnoliapsc.com, then you'll be able to see all about the different services that Dr. Azarian offers in addition to breast augmentation surgery. And for all of you out there listening, go to askdrtommy.com. And until next time, Thank bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. Bye. For more show news and information, go to askdrtommy.com. And be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at tampadirectcare.com.